Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. And iOS users can hear the show on the Overcast app. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the road, today being in Pennsylvania, my guests have recently released a new EP. They were on this show way back on episode 140, and a lot has changed since then, which we will be talking about today. You have been hearing a song of theirs entitled Old Friend. It's my pleasure to welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Shane and Emily. They are Arbor Season. Welcome, folks. Hello. We're Hello. so happy to be here. Thanks for having us today, Bruce. Woo, woo, Bruce. Absolutely. Congratulations on the new EP. Thank you. We're so excited about it. As well you should be. There are four songs on it, listeners, including the one that we were just playing for you. Tell the listeners, Shane and Emily, about that tune, Old Friend. So Old Friend is track number four um, out of four tracks on the EP, and it's the final part of the story of our friend Brian, who we met several years ago, and he is the person that co-signed with us to get the RV that we live and travel in. And he went through a crazy life transition where he decided to move from Delaware to New Mexico and start a new life and become really outdoorsy. And old friend is about when he reached his destination and the bittersweetness of starting something new and having to leave a lot behind. Wow. Boom. Wow. (laughs) That's, I don't know what's more dramatic, making a move across the country like that or deciding you're going to spend your life touring the country in an RV like the two of you. Those are, (laughs) those are right up there, pretty competitive with one another. Definitely. Two different kinds of crazy lifestyles, for sure. Yeah. When you say old friend, is it because it's someone that the two of you have known for a while or just kind of the metaphor for, you know, old friend leaving where he was going and starting something new? It kind of comes from like finding yourself again. So like um, when you're under the pressures of kind of like what he was going through at the time, like he was living a life that wasn't who he was. Mm. And so when he was able to leave everything behind and move out to the middle of nowhere, um, he kind of found himself and he is is his own friend, his own, his own old friend. Wow. Wow. That's deep. I like that. I like that. Thank you. you. We try. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners. I do very much encourage you to go back and hear episode 140 of Now Hear This Entertainment so that I don't have to repeat questions today and can instead talk about what these two have been up to since then. I must say that I'm curious, though, for two people who do live in an RV and are thus always on the road, how, or or I should say, where did you record the EP? (laughs) We recorded it in Brooksville, Florida, while we were actually in town. So like you mentioned, we travel the country full-time, uh, constantly and um, for a long time though we would go back to Florida periodically like during the off season for universities which is primarily where we play so like summer and then Christmas time we would spend in Florida playing at Disney and places like that and we would park our RV at our friend John's house who just so happens to be the most brilliant recording producer in the whole entire world uh-huh. in our opinion yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, because the two of you know where Brooksville is, and I know where Brooksville is, but there's an awful lot of listeners right now that are scratching their heads saying, Brooksville, Florida? Where is that? And <laughs> right. how is there someone there that can record an EP for them? But it sounds like it's a longstanding relationship. Yes, that's definitely part of it. If we had met him in some other life, though, where Shane and him hadn't been friends, we still would record with him hands down over anyone else. It's it's funny how that works because sometimes you almost don't want to tell people like, oh, yeah, the guy that recorded our EP is this guy that we've been friends with forever because they're going to be like, I don't know, maybe they won't take it as seriously. But he's just he's so good. It doesn't matter that he's our friend. Yeah, he's our favorite. We're flying him out to do the next one actually soon. Yeah. Wow. So. <laughs> well, I didn't have that knowledge, so I didn't have that as a question. But 
Can you tip your hand a little bit? I'm, I'm interested to hear this because here you just released this new EP and already you're saying, we're going to do another one and we're going to fly him out to do it. Yeah, so we want to record EPs that tell stories from now on. So instead of just releasing like CDs that are just random songs about random things, we want every uh, EP to tell a story. So most of our, I think, EPs will be three to four songs, maybe five, depending on the story. Um, and so we're already recording. Uh, actually, we just pretty much finished writing the new EP that we're going to be coming out with. I'm guessing maybe 2020. We haven't really decided. It'll but... be. It'll still be a little bit of time. But just so you guys okay. know that there is something really awesome in the works for okay. sure. Yeah. So we're flying them out for that. Eventually. <laughs> Shane, where did that idea come from to say from now on we're going to release EPs that, that are one story? Because I, I like the idea. I also think that it almost makes it sound like there's less pressure, like it's going to be a lot easier to write three or four songs that are all around the same concept as opposed to, oh boy, we have to come up with three or four, or if you're doing a full album, 10 to 12 songs that have nothing to do with each other. You would think that it would be easier, but I found that it's actually kind of harder writing about the same subject um, Mm. and continuing in the story because sometimes you're not feeling it this story at the time when you want to sit down to write a song usually it's because man we just we just got really upset because of this we need to write a song about it or we're super excited about this so let's write a song about it um it's hard to be inspired when you have a subject you already need to write about um kind of i disagree it depends on the day honestly um and that's why we are definitely like very we're not just gonna like pick some random story to write about like we wait until something has inspired us and we're like, wow, I feel this. I want to write this story because it's something that's close to my heart. Um, And this was an idea that really, I believe that the Lord gave to Shane. It was one of those crazy things where we knew everything that was going on with our friend Brian and we'd already written the song Delaware and released it as Shane and Emily because that was, and that's the first song on the EP. Um, And we'd written that just as kind of like a, hey, we like you. Here's a song for you (laughs) for his birthday. (laughs) And um, when he told us everything that was going on, we were in Utah and we were like, man, just, I don't know. I want to like write about it. It's so cool. We're so inspired by the fact that he wants to move out West and do this crazy new thing. And so we wrote the next song. We were like, what if we just like wrote his story? So Hmm. we called him and talked to him about everything that happened. And then we were like, what if this is what we did from now on instead of just, writing songs about all of our own same things that we go through or write about all the time and repeating the same thing. Like, let's do something new. So, yeah, I like it because I'm getting this vision in my head and Emily, as you're describing it, I'm thinking about chapters in a book. So here's a short story about this guy named Brian. And in chapter one, he did this. And in chapter two, he did this. And so then if you take that vision and you line up CDs on a shelf and you say, these are all books written by Arbor season And this is a story about Brian. There's four chapters in it, meaning there's four songs on it. This is a story about so-and-so. So So that's that's the vision that I'm seeing. And and I like the idea. To me, it's a unique concept. You know, if, if there's like all kinds of other people out there doing it and the two of you are just the newest ones to the game, I don't know about it, but I sure like it. Dude, it is so weird that you said that because that is exactly how we describe it. Exactly. Shane was like, I love the idea of because he loves reading and he's like, I love the idea of our EPs being like books on a shelf and you can just like pick one out and like it's this story. So when you said that, I'm sitting here like, oh, my gosh, this is what we're saying. (laughs) Exactly what we tell people. You get the vision, Bruce. You get it. Wow. Well, okay, but now I'm going to ask you this, though. Will there be physical units or is it just going to be all digital at this point? It's all, there's always going to be physical. Yeah. So we right now on tour are selling um, uh, EPs, um, so physical copies. And it's also on, on, you know, it's on all digital things as well. But um, yeah, yep. Well, and I also want to say how cool is it, and listeners, I'm talking to you as well, not just Shane and Emily, but, and this might be inspired by the fact that I was just at PodFest Multimedia Expo in Orlando. There was a thousand people there over the course of three days. And how cool is it that Shane and Emily can sit in their RV somewhere in Pennsylvania and talk to me through an iPhone? And of course, I have the great equipment here from Tascam to record it all, but Gosh, what a what a fun time it is, isn't it, to, to live in this digital age and be able to record the way that we do? 
It's yes. it's awesome. I it's love such it. A privilege. I don't even know if we could be doing it otherwise if it wasn't for technology today. No, things would be very different. It would have been. It would be a lot harder. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Listeners, do stick around because at the end of this episode, we will play another song from the new EP, and I won't talk over that one at all, I promise. (laughs) So as I said in the intro, a lot has changed since our prior interview approximately two and a half years ago when the two of you simply went by Shane and Emily, but now more recently that has changed to Arbor season. So why change away from Shane and Emily, and then how did you come up with the name Arbor season? And I guess for that matter, from a business standpoint, what are the ramifications of changing a brand like that? So we have three main reasons why we decided to change our band name. Number one is that we wanted a name that was going to make branding more easy because as Shane and Emily doing branding and like trying to find a logo and artwork and stuff was really hard because we didn't have an overall vision of what we wanted to portray. We knew that we didn't want the focus to be just on the fact that like, we're a couple and people think that's cute. We wanted it to be more about our music, which was really hard with our band name being Shane and Emily and Mm -hmm. being that being the focus. Mm -hmm. So that was one big reason. Another one is to be honest, a lot of people don't really take you seriously as an artist. I find if your band name is Shane and Emily, because it kind of sounds like it's just a placeholder name, which really is how we came up with Shane and Emily was we were doing a gig and didn't know what band name to give the person to put on the chalkboard. And he was like, well, how about Shane and Emily? We were like, sure, yeah, we'll go with that. So it kind of really felt like a placeholder. And number three biggest reason is there are so many guy-girl duos out there that have their names as their band name, which there's nothing wrong with that, but we just didn't want to blend into the rest. And we wanted to have a band name that was going to be something where you hear it and instantly have an idea of what, our music is like and i feel that arbor season really captures like the indie folk kind of vibe like as soon Mm -hmm. as you hear it you're probably going to think that it's some kind of folk music or something that you listen to outside or while you're driving or and while i would agree with that how did you actually come up with that name though (laughs) um well it's not any kind of like really awesome magical story we were Googling like outdoor terms and words. And um, that's what we love to do on our free time is we love to go hiking and exploring, especially being an RV couple. Like that's kind of what we do. So um, I was starting to laugh because I thought you were going to say that's what we love to do on our spare time is Google things. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we just love Googling. Just love Googling stuff. I hate Googling stuff. I will say as a mom, I do spend a lot of time Googling things. <laughs> that comes with the territory. But um we love being outdoors and we saw the word Arbor and I don't know, it just kind of struck a chord because we really mm. love trees and like, you know, we were thinking of Arbor Day, right? Mm-hmm. And how the whole concept is like planting trees, which we think is really such an awesome thing to do because it's so good for the environment and trees are really pretty. <laughs> and so we were like, but what if it was Arbor season instead of just Arbor Day? It's like planting season. I don't know. It just kind of felt like it yeah. held more weight and we were like, yeah, that feels good. And okay. so we started my birthday's on Arbor Day, so look at that. Ah, there you go. Well, <laughs> but when I asked you about the ramifications of changing a brand, I was thinking of things like, number one, not only informing your fans and conditioning them, but also there's going to be this awkwardness of, okay, we're Arbor season, we've got this new EP up, but hey, buy some of our back catalog too. But oh, well, just so you know, we are known as Shane, em- Shane and Emily. So what, what about all that? So for me, um, I think we both, me and Emily both agree on this. We don't promote Shane and Emily music anymore because the vibe and the type of music that it is, is not our style. So we are now indie folk. We've always wanted to be that. And that's always was what we listened to. Um, The whole pop thingy that we were doing before, though we loved those songs and we still, you know, we're still happy that people listen to them. um, We are not trying to write to get famous anymore we're not trying to write for radio anymore we're just writing what we truly believe mm. is wow. something that we would want to listen to so we honestly only promote arbor season wow. but it was interesting though conditioning our fans and like what we did leading up to it was first we told people that we were thinking of changing our band name and to kind of make it a fun thing so that it wasn't just like uh we're gonna do this deal with it you know what i mean because yeah, we yeah. love our 
I hate saying fans. It feels weird saying that. Our fan friends, because they feel like our friends. Um, we don't have that many of them, so I'm <laughs> oh, just kidding. But um, just kidding, we have thousands. Oh, so many. No, <laughs> um, but we posted on our Facebook and said we want to change our band name. Any suggestions? And we just let everybody like give us their ideas and their opinions. And then when we kind of decided what we had narrowed it down to, we got people's voting, I guess, on what they thought. And so they were excited. They felt part of the change instead of yeah. surprised yeah. by it. Yeah, and that was really helpful. And there were some people, and still are some people, that believe that we're still going to go back to being Shane and Emily someday. Huh. Um, and that's fine. But They can think that. Nobody <laughs> nobody was, like, upset about it. It is, sometimes it can be a little, it was confusing for a while when we still had Shane and Emily CDs and we were selling them at our shows because we'd have to explain the whole thing, but We've sold all the copies of those now, so we can start uh, okay. start fresh as okay. Arbor season. And okay. so, well, I have to back up and say, God bless you, because to make the decision that we're going to write what we want and what we're living and what's in our heart, as opposed to what we think will make it to the radio, is not an easy decision to make when you're someone who's trying to make a career in music. So, God bless you for deciding <laughs> we're going to go with what we feel instead of what our bank account tells us to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I you. appreciate that. And like for me, um, yeah, it's just the type of shows we're doing now just made it a lot easier. Well, looking back, I think I know the answer to this. But if you had to do it all over again, would you have started from day one with a band name such as Arbor Season instead of your own names? I'm I'm, I'm asking this from the standpoint of anybody who's listening that might be getting set to launch into a music career and maybe you have some insight as to why they might consider one approach over the other. Personally, I absolutely would. I never was a hundred percent like in love with Shane and Emily as a band name, but we stuck with it because at the time we weren't even dating and we always kind of had this idea that one day we were probably going to part ways. And so it didn't seem like a big deal, but in hindsight, so like I would then I would branch off as Shane and she'd branch off as Emily. Right. Oh, I see. But you, I see. we got married. <laughs> and you just never know how things are going to pan out. So my advice for anybody that is getting ready to start a musical career is make sure that what you start with is what you love. Even if it feels like it's only going to be temporary, you just never know where it's going to take you. And you want to be in love with it. You don't want to get stuck with something that you hate or getting famous for doing a kind of music that you don't want to be able to sing for the rest of your life. And I would like to add on to that by saying you have two goals. If you're going to be a musician, I think, um, one to do what you just love because you love it or two, you, you know, you may kind of love it, but you're, you really want to get super famous because of the money and the fame. Um, so you, I guess you at that point you have two roads you can take one, you appeal to the masses um, and you go for it. So I don't even think that's a wrong decision if you want to be more generic. Um, but I don't know. We were the kind of people that were like, we don't really care if we get famous or not. We just want to do it for the love of it. We want to love what we do. That's where we are now. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thanks, Bruce. Listeners, if you are just launching into a music career and you don't know what gear to use for recording, do check out Tascam. Even if you have been at it for a while and you're recording on your own, Tascam is a brand that has been around for more than 40 years. You've heard me talk for a while about their new mixer. They even put out a video recently on their social media of an artist who went into the Grand Canyon and recorded there using Tascam stuff. Really cool. Look that up on their social media. If you heard the episode two weeks ago when I interviewed the guys from Phony People, they went nuts when I brought up Tascam and talked about all their extensive use of gear from them. Check out all the various recording solutions at Tascam.com, T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Awesome. Shane, Emily, I mentioned in the intro that today the two of you are in Pennsylvania. When we did episode 140 of Now Hear This Entertainment together, the two of you were playing all kinds of venues, including places like Disney and Busch Gardens. But now the emphasis is on house concerts and those listening who are performers as well, I'm sure, are going to want to know why you would move away from what sound like great places to perform to instead do house shows. Oh, man. I have quite, we have quite a few reasons, but I would say the main biggest reasons are that 
if you want to play music that you love in an atmosphere where people are listening and really appreciate it, and you want to have an intimate environment where you get to have an experience with the people and get to know them, house shows are uh. the way to go. They're first of all, gigs in Florida are usually anywhere between like two and four hours long. And it's primarily cover music that you'll play, which we love playing covers, but having the opportunity to tell the stories behind our songs and like really share our heart with people in a house show environment. It is like, it's just like nothing else. I mean, I used to dread some of our gigs in Florida because I knew it was going to be such a long ordeal and my voice was going to be tired by the end of the night. And who knows if we were going to get any fans from it or any friends or anything mm. great was going to happen. But man, we do these house shows and I cannot wow. wait. Wow. I can't wait to do them. And for so for us, like we're playing only one hour and making almost double usually every single show. Um, and the great way of doing it on like, you know, traveling the country doing it. Uh, that's probably another question. I don't know if you were going to ask that or not, but um, it's just been amazing watching people come out of the woodworks. Getting house shows across the country is not as hard as you think that it would be. Hmm. Um, so they're more intimate. Um, you make more money. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Um, but usually. Um, and yeah. It's just really, really well, bad. But, you know, this, really is, this is kind of coming full circle with, with what was just said a few minutes ago, which was, you know, you can either do it because you just flat out love it, you know, or you can. What I'm getting at is people are going to hear places like Disney and Bush Gardens and they would say, oh, my gosh, I would love to perform at places like that. And do you know how great that would look on my performance resume if bookers started seeing that I'm playing venues like Disney and Bush Gardens? But you're saying, well, that's the trade-off. Do you want to play those places, which you might be able to, but you're only going to play cover songs and you're going to do it for four hours? Or do you want to play your own original music? Because Disney and Bush Gardens are not yeah. going to say, sure, play all the originals you want. So it's interesting the way that all ties together. So go ahead and continue on that, because I did wonder, what have you found to be a key to having success on the house concert circuit? And by success, I mean not only getting lots of bookings, but making sure that you are walking out of each place with a pocket full of cash from money charged at the door as well as music and merch sales. So the biggest thing that has been a contributor to our success in booking house shows was playing at Disney and in Florida, which I know not everybody can do, but I mean, it is what it is. Like we met people from all over the country and all over the world when we were playing there. Families that would come yearly for their vacation and they would see us every time they were in town. And those are the people typically whose houses we're performing wow. at. Wow. Like I'm going to say 70% of the house shows we do are people that met us in Florida, whether it was at Disney or a different beach wow. restaurant or something like that. Um, this is where if this was a video podcast at the bottom of the screen, it would be flashing results, not typical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, I mean, that's how it worked for us. Um, and then, oh, Shane has something to say. Well, for me to add to that, um, the reason why I think it's so easy to do, or at least easier than you would think, is all you have to do is post on your Facebook or your music page and say, uh, I do it for both my personal Facebook page and our music page. But I say, um, hey, everyone, we're traveling through Ohio. Please comment below if you live there. And here's the kicker, if you know someone who does. So that makes it easier. So what happens is you have people that um, you may actually know or who know you that are posting saying, hey, I live in Ohio. Come play in my living room. Or you just reach out to them with your spiel that you have typed out or saved. Um, but then some people, um, you may not know anybody who lives in Ohio, but someone you know probably does so your mom or your aunt or your cousin or your best friend will comment on that post and say hey my friend greg lives out there and so he tags in greg and now you're messaging greg and saying hey this is what i do yeah and as far as um being successful as far as walking away with the kind of money i hate talking money but it is what it is we needed to survive right um but we just tell the host beforehand like that there are a couple of different options that we can do. Um, they can have their guests bring a 10 to $20 donation per person and also keep in mind that we do have merch. Um, and so then sometimes the host will, we tell them like, this is our goal for what we want to make that night, like to make it 
possible for us to come to your house and perform like this is ideal. So sometimes at the end of the night, we'll tally up whatever we got as donations and the host will make up the difference between whatever okay. their guests donated okay. and what our goal was if it falls short. Sometimes the guests are extremely generous and we walk away with way more than we expected. And then the hosts also have the option that if they don't want to charge their friends at the door, they can just pay us the fee uh, for okay. what our goal is. So we like to give them options. Yeah, I like that you explained all that because I was going to ask Shane when he said, you know, go ahead and just post on your page, hey, if anyone's living in, you know, western New York, I'm going to be coming through there and such and such. And I'm thinking, well, what about the person that says, yeah, I'd love to have y'all at my house. And they've never hosted a house concert before. They don't know what it is. They're not vetted. They're not through one of the house concert booking sites. And they just think that y'all are going to show up and they may ask their buddy and their next door neighbor. And all of a sudden, Shane and Emily are playing for four people. And you're going, um, do you know that we're supposed to make money off of this? So I'm glad you described all those different options and, and what the process is that Make sure that you don't end up in front of more yes. people. <laughs> Shane has something that he wants to say about that too. Well, so I have like a, I have a bunch of stuff um, that I have saved on my computer when I'm trying to reach out to people that I'm, because uh, especially when we're making a living off this, I don't want to have to rewrite this every single time. So I have a lot sure. of things saved depending on the type of people or show that I'm reaching out to. Um, but for the most part, I have a whole list of, um, rules is not the right word, but I, I have a whole entire list um, or a document explaining how we do house shows, the difference between a house show and a house party, um, you know, telling people that it's a listening environment, um, what our goal is. We've played in uh, house shows with only seven people, and they are very successful. We've played house shows in people's backyards where a couple hundred people show up. Wow. So, um, wow. so many different kinds, and that's another great reason I love house shows as they're so different. Um, yeah. I'll bet. I'll bet. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, in an effort to be as authentic as possible, I highly recommend you do all of your scheduling with people in the most personal, one-on-one manner that you can. I personally am turned off when people send me a link to their online scheduler. It doesn't feel real genuine, and I end up thinking I'm just a number, just an entry on a calendar, there's no emotion, you don't have time for me in terms of emails or texts to agree on something. I know it's a convenient time saver, but at what cost? It's all part of relationship building and making a good impression. Don't remove the human element and potentially turn someone off. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. Well, thinking about a couple of these changes that we've been talking about, now that you have been full-time RVers for a while living on the road, do you feel that that lifestyle has changed the music that you've been creating due to the different experiences that you're having out there as opposed to someone who lives in the same house or apartment every day? Because I know you did say that our sound is different now. It's not what Shane and Emily was. That was a different style of music. But by any chance, is there a way to connect that and say these changes all go together, us changing the band name, us changing the style of our music? Is it influenced in any way by this life out on the road where you're seeing so much as opposed to the guy or gal who's a songwriter that just looks at the same four walls in the same city every day? A hundred percent. Like, I can't even tell you how much because we didn't really start writing music differently and writing about different subjects and wanting to change our band name until we had decided to leave Florida and not come back, which was July of 2017. 
um, which we did end up going back to Florida. <laughs> Sorry to ruin the ending of the story, but we were gone for <laughs> we were gone for five months. And while we were out, we were just like all over seeing these beautiful places and going hiking and camping in the woods and building fires and just like loving loving the outdoors thing and we started listening to indie folk music while we were driving because we were like this is just what you want to listen to when you're driving across the country through like these rural areas and so then we wrote this song called rubitosis that is about um us having a desire to just do what we love and everything we were like man I just, I don't want to be Shane and Emily anymore. I think we need to like start over and do this differently. Wow. So it, it wow. all went hand in hand for sure. But how much is this comparable or not comparable to the guy or gal who moves to Nashville and they say, oh my gosh, since I've moved to Nashville, my writing is so much different because in my opinion, your writing is so much different because there's really, really, really great songwriters in Nashville who are helping you with their craft. It probably doesn't have to do with the fact that you're not living in St. Louis. Now you're living in Nashville. It's the people that you're around. Am I right? Or um, I will say what we've learned, because we've spent quite a bit of time in Nashville, and I feel like a lot of people's writing changes in Nashville because the biggest thing out there is co-writing. Everybody wants to co-write. They all getting these sessions together where they write songs together. I don't know anybody in Nashville who solely writes their own music. So that's why I think the writing changes a lot. And I don't know if it's because I think part of it is probably inspired by experiences too, but I know for sure from experience that that is the biggest thing that'll change someone's writing when they move to Nashville. Gotcha. Yeah. And so for us, we, I think our writing style got better because we listen to a lot of music. Um, and so we are inspired by a lot of different music and we really study in uh, why we like what we like. Like, why does that lyric sound so much better than this song's lyrics? Or um, why does this vibe sound so much better than this vibe? And where I think a lot of other musicians probably don't do that as much, but they grow as songwriters because sure they probably do. But, yeah. but I'm saying like they may get a lot of their inspiration from working with other people where me and Emily, we don't work with other people. It's just, we just work off of each other. You work off of each other, but you're also, like you said, you're also students of the music that's out there and analyzing it and breaking down. Okay. This is a great hook, but most successful songs have a good hook. What is it about this one in particular that's really yeah. drawing us in? What what did this artist do? What did this writer do? You know, or I really like that groove, but how did they develop that groove? And instead of just saying like, "Oh, that's really neat," hey, pass the salt. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, Shane, another change for you is that you have taken on a job doing college bookings. Explain to the listeners what I'm talking about, but then also how that maybe has benefited you with Arbor Season? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we were, me and Emily were musicians in the college market for three years playing colleges, and we loved it. It was amazing for the time, but we were traveling. Like one day we'd be in Seattle, the next day we'd be in Maine, the next day we'd be in Whoa. Arizona, and it was just Whoa. so crazy that we just, we we wanted a change in our schedule. Um, we'll talk about a little bit that, about that later, why we needed a change. But um, we, I met a guy named Mark Miller, who's a college booking agent. He runs an agency called Brave Enough. And uh, he has like 35 other artists. Uh, he did at the time. Now we have a little bit more. Um, but he's booking these artists all over the country. And I've always loved booking other artists and helping other artists grow. And so, yeah, that was my goal. And so I wanted to travel full time, still stay in the music industry. But, I, you know, I guess there's a little fear in me that was like, can I do music forever? Or is it going to be a point where it's not cool anymore? How can I make more money on the road? Um, what could be more of a full time thing if I don't want to, if, you know, if the music thing isn't what I do all the time. So saying that. It just felt like the best transitioning. Um, and I work for a company that loves the fact that I tour full time. Well, has that parlayed into anything that benefits Arbor Season? Oh, so it helped with Arbor Season because it gave us more time off from having to work on cover music. So in, in Florida, we were doing four hour cover music seven days a week and so there was never time to write or be genuine mm. or get our music out there into the world we were okay. constantly working 
So working for Brave Enough has allowed us to travel full time without having to gig four hours every single night. And then um, it's introduced us to so many other musicians, which is incredible. Like we have people reaching out to us all the time trying to join our agency. Um, and so I'll find out where they are and then I'll reach out to them and be like, hey, you know, while we're looking at your profile to see if you would fit into what we're doing, how would you like to play a show with me and Emily as we're passing through? Nice. And so we've met nice. some people doing that. Um, it's open doors in other ways too, because people take us more seriously knowing that I'm not just, you know, we're not just musicians, but I'm a college booking agent, which is what a lot of musicians want to get into. So kind of making a lot of friends and connections that way has been really helpful. Um, okay. But I think the elephant in the room is artists who would say, well, that's great. I'd love for you to book me, but wait a minute. How do I know that you're not just going to book yourself into these gigs because it would be a great one for Arbor season. And you're going to tell me some reason why I didn't get the gig. So that's very, very easy. Um, I don't book myself at colleges. Uh, so I, I, the only colleges we play at are if they reach out to me and Emily specifically or colleges we've already played at before. Okay. So that's okay. th what that leads into the house shows being our main goal. That's what we are for, uh, trying to do anyway. Okay. Um, so if, if, yeah, we're not represented by the agency at all. So if a company okay. reaches out saying, hey, I'm looking for an artist for this campus or for this festival, we never pitch ourselves ever. It's always just the artist. Okay. Okay. Listeners, I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from the road by Shane and Emily. They are Arbor Season. Visit their official website at arborseason.com. As always, we will have a link to their site from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on their site, you will see icons for their social media. Do engage with them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. They also have a Patreon, and of course, you are strongly encouraged to purchase their new EP called Odyssey from iTunes. You can stream it on Spotify, but the better way to support them is by purchasing the EP from iTunes. Keep up with Arbor Season online so you can see where and when you can go see them perform live. What feedback, listeners, do you have for me about this podcast? Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what I should do more of, what you wish I would stop doing, and so on. <laughs> On the show website, nhte.net, there are links to social media, so you can post those types of comments, or we have the Facebook group called NHTE Listeners, plus you can always send an email to podcast at nhte.net. I will give all those out again at the end of this episode, in case you aren't in a position to act on that right now. Shane and Emily, I mentioned in there that you have a Patreon even though there is a Patreon for this show, for Now Hear This Entertainment, I usually find myself talking about Patreon with other podcasters in, in that sector of the creator community. But have you found it to be effective for musicians? And then, of course, why or why not? Absolutely. So for us, it's one of our main goals um, is to grow our Patreon. And it's it's hard getting people on board, but the people that are on board, it's awesome. Um but we're making about $100 a video that we post. It works for us because we post vlogs. Uh, as, as a musician, I'm pretty sure you can do other things like music videos. You can record videos um, and post them up there and things like that or however musicians would do it. But we specifically post vlogs because we travel full time. So it's been really helpful for us. It's an extra $400 a month that we didn't have before. Nice, nice. Well... We have gone way, way too far into this conversation without bringing up the one other huge change since the two of you were last on the show, and that is, listeners, as you've heard throughout the interview, that Shane and Emily have become parents. So yes. I finally got to see the little man in person at a house concert that Roger Yeager from episode 54 of NHTE was doing, and Shane and Emily were there. And, of course, there are adorable pictures of him all the time on Instagram, but what about all that? How has that been to live in an RV, write music for a new EP, rebrand yourselves as Arbor Season, and, oh, by the way, become parents? Well, let's introduce you to Sawyer first. Sawyer, say something. Come on, buddy. He all was right. just, just <laughs> babbling, and then he's like, no, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop now. Want me to. You may hear him in the background on this one because he's holding his favorite picture. 
traveling with the baby has been the greatest thing that has ever happened to us. Yes, wow. absolutely. It's been great because I think probably mostly because it's all that he's ever known. Um, and it's all that we've ever known as far as raising a baby. I don't know yeah. how it would be to jump into something like that when your kid has already kind of like learned a routine and stuff. But man, the things that are harder are still better somehow with him around because it's just this constant oh my gosh look at our baby he's so cute or i don't know he's funny or it's like things will be going wrong and then he smiles at you and it's just like oh who cares <laughs> it's really it's so much fun and thinking about him like when he starts walking and we can like go on walks together outside and stuff i'm so excited about that but what about playing live shows? Because since you are always on the road and you're not somewhere where you have family members who can look after him while you're on stage, how do you handle all that? That's been one of the harder things to figure out, but we've never really had like trouble with it. Um, Our very first show that we had with Sawyer on the Road was a college in Spokane, Washington. And Emily ended up not playing the show the whole time because he was fussy. But he was like three months old at the time. He was only two months old. It was like early. Yeah, so it was it was pretty crazy. But now we have, there's always somebody who wants to hold him. Um, he loves like young teenage girls. So Yeah, and like house shows, it's like I was saying before, it's mostly with like families that we met at Disney and stuff. So there's always like a mom or somebody there who like, has a baby or has experience and me and Shane always feel it out and like if we don't feel comfortable with somebody holding him then we'll just very tactfully make sure that that doesn't happen you know and he's never out of our eyesight like we always see him we make sure whoever's holding him he's there sometimes if he gets a little fussy Emily will actually bring him on stage yeah which is cute and awesome and people love it and then like if we don't have a babysitter or something like he has a little pack and play and he has a high chair that we bring everywhere and he stays pretty busy with his toys so it's it's been easier, honestly, than I expected. I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but it gets easier as he gets older because he can stay entertained for so long with <laughs> people talking to him or with toys or whatever. As long as he's having a good day and he gets his naps on time, it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, we actually had a show earlier today, and he was perfect the whole time. Oh, so Wonderful, good. wonderful. Listeners, shame on me. I didn't mention what Shane and Emily each play because – I'm assuming that you all already know. And what's making me realize this is that I'm about to tell you about Boulder Creek Guitars and the fact that they do guitars, basses, and ukuleles. And lo and behold, guitar and ukulele are two of the instruments that are a part of Arbor Season. Funny enough, there have been a handful of bass players on NHTE who play Boulder Creek. There are big-time players using their stuff. I myself play a Boulder Creek guitar and... Each player, I'm sure, would tell you about the great sound that they get because of the really unique suspended bracing system that sets Boulder Creek apart from the others. Check it all out at bouldercreekguitars.com, including their artist roster, plus find a dealer. That's B-O-U-L-D-E-R, bouldercreekguitars.com. Shane and Emily, we're about out of time, but as we wrap up, I have to wonder, Shane, you started to allude to this earlier. How exactly do you plan your tour route because it seems like a chicken and egg thing do you plot a certain course and then find places to play along the way or is it the other way around and the places you play dictate the route you'll go and then maybe you fill in some others along the way it's honestly a little bit of both so like one of the biggest things uh we still do colleges and because they are the biggest bulk money uh things like that or we do some conferences like we play at conferences sometimes i have to be at conferences for the college booking as an agent so I have uh, like five or six artists showcasing at a conference. We actually have four that are showcasing at something called Afka Hershey, which is what we're doing in Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm Canadian and I sounded who knows what then. <laughs> but we um, usually our tour route is based on whether I have to go to one of these conferences or a college that's paying a lot of money. Like and the then, bigger events. Yeah. Sure. So those will be the anchor dates. And then I'm booking house shows along the along the way yeah so we'll kind of look at where we have to play and when and we'll be like okay do you want to take this route how long do you want to spend in each area we'll talk about it briefly and then we'll be like okay let's post on our facebook and ask people you know are you here you know do you want us to come play in your living room so 
And is that that you're, Emily, you're making that conversation sound very 50-50. Is that the case or is it uh, actually Shane does the booking, I do the social media, we both do the songwriting? What what What's kind of the breakdown of that? I feel like everything is so 50-50 um, because Shane does all of the like communicating with people on social media, whereas I do most of the posting on social media, like posting pictures. That's kind of where I am, um, especially with Instagram. And then Shane's really good at actually like messaging people back because I'm terrible at doing that. The tour routing is definitely 50-50 because Shane will book stuff like colleges, but he always asks me first. He'll be like, okay, we have this long to get from this place to this place. Are you good with that? And then I think about it and I say, yes. And if I say like, no, I really, really, really don't want to do something. You know, we, we talk about it and stuff, but it is so 50-50 and the writing is 50-50 as well. Usually... Shane will kind of like come up with a melody and an idea and then I'll kind of edit it and perfect it. Mm. I mean, everything we do, I feel like is so equal. Yeah. I think the only thing that I would say I would do more of is the booking aspect of it. I think I, I always go to Emily and ask her if it's okay. She gives a yes or no. (laughs) (laughs) So that's pretty much it. But I'm the, like, yeah, I'm he does definitely... all the hard work. I just give my opinions. Well, you know, I wasn't saying that. But... <laughs> yeah, but it's true. I don't do any of the hard work with booking. I'm just like, a week in advance, I'll be like, oh, cool, we're going to be here next week. I'm okay with that. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, we're going to close today with another song from the new EP, a tune called When I Get There. So before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Oh, yeah. This song uh, was written, this is the third one in the EP, so this is actually about Brian's drive from Delaware to New Mexico, and um, we took different slogans and things that each state he drove through is known for, and sort of manipulated them around to fit with his story and to fit in the song. So each couple of lines in the song is about a different state that he drove through, and you might be able to catch some of the references. I want to say now that he's gone, is there anybody left in Delaware? But I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> There's one other person left in Delaware. <laughs> don't send me hate emails, all you listeners in Delaware. Uh, Shane and Emily, thank you so much. Really great to talk to the two of you. Congratulations again on the new EP, and all the best out there on the road. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bruce. Thank you, listeners. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to Shane and Emily. They are Arbor Season. Do visit their official website at arborseason.com. Remember, that's Arbor with a U, although we will have a link to their site from the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then engage with them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. There are links to all of those from their website. For that matter, tell them you heard them and their music on Now Hear This Entertainment. The new EP is called Odyssey, and it's streaming on Spotify, but do purchase it as a digital download from iTunes. You can also support Arbor Season through their Patreon, and of course by going to see them perform live. Keep up with them online for dates and locations of their upcoming shows. And again, I want to know what feedback do you have for me about this podcast? Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. What should I do more of? What do you wish I would stop doing? And so on. On the show website, nhte.net, you will find links to social media so you can post those types of comments. Or we have the Facebook group. There's a link for it there. The group is called NHTE Listeners. Plus, you can always send an email to podcast at nhte.net. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Arbor Season. This is the one they just talked about. It's called When I Get There.
Sky.